Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern, and with me again today is my dear friend, Melina Puente. Hello, Melina. Thanks for being here. So glad to be here. So we're in week two of Psalm 119. And as we discussed last week, this is a very, very long psalm, 176 verses long. Yeah. As we discussed last week, this psalm is broken down into groupings of eight verses. And each of those eight verses has a header, which is a letter in the Hebrew alphabet. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. So each of these eight verses has that header of a letter, and then each line under that letter of the Hebrew alphabet starts with that letter. So because this is such a long psalm, we decided we probably can't do every verse for 176 weeks, so we're going to jump down and through this a little bit, and you and I decided to move from Gamil, which we did last week. Now we're going to do Tet, which is actually the ninth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, And we're going to be focused specifically on verse 71 today, but to set us up, I'm going to read not only 71, but also verse 72, just because they hold hands. And at the end, I want to refer to both of these verses together. But just for reference, we are focused on Psalm 119, specifically verse 71, which says, my suffering was good for me. For it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Verse 72, your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. So our verse this week comes right out and says, suffering is good for me. My affliction is good for me. My difficult circumstances, the things that are challenging in my life, they are good for me. Why? Because the difficult things in my life They teach me to pay attention or learn your decrees or your statutes, your law. So in other words, the difficulties, God, that you allow in my life are allowed in order to drive me towards you and the authority of your word. It makes me desperate. I recognize I can't do it without you. That's what these difficult things you allow into my life serve to do. And that is when they're good, when they're Uh, When you allow them into my life and it drives me into your word that I learn your word. It's under that, guys, that affliction and suffering is good. So let's jump into this, Melina. This whole section, this ninth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Tet, I could summarize these eight verses as God's word brings benefit to my life in affliction. God's word is the focus of all of Psalm 119, of course, but now specifically we're talking about the benefit of God's word in difficult circumstances. So what is the truth that you would pull out of verse 71? As I reflected on different type in terms of suffering in my life, um, I'm not going to compare anything other than realizing it. some is external, some is internal, things that I have done that create this Uh, turmoil or suffering in my life. But you can't put a price on suffering. All those experiences that I've had an opportunity to push through and walk through, when I was looking at this verse specifically, what I loved is it taught me to pay attention to your decrees, to your word. The first things that 
came rattling through my mind were Acts 20, 24, Psalm 118, 17, Isaiah 55, Matthew 6. Like, just like that, I could recall a circumstance, a situation in the last, you know, 20 years that I've been walking with Jesus. And those verses were right there. And it just describes so much power in what brought me back to him and the comfort that was there in his word, that it was good for me because these verses were the comfort that I was able to hold on to in that time. So you didn't know I was going to do this, but I'm going to put you on the spot just a little. Okay. Look at those verses that you just shared very, very quickly and get a little bit more specific for us. Tell us one of those verses, why that's so important to you and what God taught you through his word specifically, one of those references in a time of suffering or affliction. Very specifically, Matthew 6, I was just going to back to church uh, with a friend of mine in Loma Rica, and the pastor was preaching on this word, and it spoke specifically about to forgive others so that you can be forgiven. And what it did is it allowed my pain from my past to well up and go, but if this guy only knew, if I don't, I couldn't forgive, there's no way. And as I continued my walk with the Lord, the power of this passage affecting my life and wanting to learn exactly what that meant in my life, very specifically. It almost was like a rototiller. It brought up all the pain from the past and then eventually, in God's timing, set you free from your past. Yes. That's the power of God's word. That was pretty quick. You were quick on the draw on that one for not knowing that I was going to put you on the spot to be more specific. But that's a very, very good example. And I know you have many, many more, but I would love for all of our listeners right now to kind of reflect on, do you have a time in your life, even one time where you've gone through something very difficult and it brought you to the end of yourself and it drove you into God's word and you learned more of him, not more about him, more of him. You got into a position where you were open and you availed yourself to a deeper, more intimate relationship with him because you had nothing left. You were quite literally at the end of yourself. So that's what I'm hearing you describe. And I think if we're honest, and maybe some of us have to dig a little bit deep, I think we all have those times in our lives. Because, you know, I think it's important to point out here, Melina, on the heels of what you've just shared, that all suffering and affliction isn't inherently good. There's a caveat. It's good under the authority and as it's submitted to the power of God's word. What, what do we become if we go through difficulties and affliction without surrendering ourselves to the Holy Spirit and the power of God's word? We become bitter, yes. right? Not better. <laughs> so the difference between bitter and better is God's word. Affliction makes me better. It lends itself to me becoming more like Jesus for, for me yes. to become sanctified and spirit-filled and my desire to know him more and to be into a deeper relationship with him through the affliction comes when I am in his word, because it's in his word that I come to really truly know who he is. Yes. I can't get bitter and pull away from him if I actually know him and have a relationship with him. That's quite different than having head knowledge. Yes. Head knowledge of God doesn't cut it when we go through real affliction and suffering. Right. So if we're in God's word, that drives us to that deeper place and it keeps us from bitterness. I love this quote that I found by Charles Spurgeon. And you know me, I preach a lot and I don't often quote other preachers, but 
I just stumbled upon this quote and I was like, this is so good. And I want to read it really slowly because I want all of us to just really savor what Charles Spurgeon said. I, for my part, owe more, I think, to the anvil and the hammer, to the fire and to the file than I do to anything else. I bless the Lord for the correctiveness of his providence by which if he has blessed me on the one hand with sweets, he has blessed me on the other hand with bitters. And I'm like, wow, that that's brilliant. Mm. He was a brilliant preacher, but it's a brilliant quote because he does bless us in so many ways, but we're so quick to say, Oh, God's blessed me. I have a beautiful family. I have a lovely home. I have money in the bank account. I have food on the table. I'm so blessed. But we're also blessed in the bitters, as Spurgeon calls them, or in what the psalmist here is calling the suffering, the affliction in our lives. We're blessed in the affliction. It's good for us to walk through suffering because it drives us deeper into the heart of God And it also teaches us to pay attention to what he's trying to say to us directly, but specifically through his word, which is the Mm -hmm. emphasis of all of Psalm 119. We're focused on the truth that we notice that here in this same letter, the same grouping of eight verses, he's repeating himself. Because if I go up to verse 67, which is in this grouping of eight, It says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. So he's repeating himself using different words, but it's the same exact point he's making. Suffering is good for me because I used to be a child spiritually is what verse 67 is saying. I used to be a child spiritually, but then you disciplined me through my suffering and affliction. And I came to know who you really are. And guess what? I'm not leaving your side now. Amen. Now I'm sticking with you because I know there's no greener pasture. There's no other way. There's no light. There's no truth. There's no hope apart from you. I used to be a child, but now because I've suffered and walked through affliction, I'm not going anywhere. And then he's repeating himself essentially. And it's even more obvious in the Hebrew than it is in the English here. My suffering was good for me. He's referring truly back to verse 67 for it taught me to pay attention to your decree. So we know this about the Hebrew. Anytime there's repetition, it means emphasis. There's emphasis here because he's repeating himself and he's saying again and again, my comfort is not as important as being like you, God, and knowing your word. So your word and my suffering is greater and more important than my comfort. My comfort Mm -hmm. is less than, and then he backs it up in verse 72 Your instruction, your word is greater than riches, right? So it's kind of like those two are tied together. If it's less important that I'm comfortable than it is that I'm like you, then certainly riches are less important as well, Yes. right? Yes. If my own health and my own well-being is not the most important thing you are, God, then certainly riches are not either. Nothing is more important. Nothing is greater 
than really truly knowing who you are through the power and the authority of your word, which ties in exactly to what you said. There is no price tag. We need to change the narrative in our own mind because it is so true, Melina, that the enemy really grabs a hold of us mentally and emotionally when we walk through dark times. He whispers things that are not very creative, like if God loved you, he wouldn't abandon you here. If God loved you, he would pull you out of this pit or answer the cries of your heart or answer your prayers. God doesn't care. God's not with you. God doesn't see. God's not moving. And he wants to convince us that God is AWOL or absent in our suffering and nothing could be further from the truth. Amen. God is saying, stop looking at the suffering and start looking at me. Because I can be standing in the middle of suffering and I can look at God and I can see how big he is. Or I can be standing in the middle of suffering and affliction and looking at it and actually being pulled away from God in bitterness and anger, resentment, and unforgiveness. So that lends itself so beautifully to the choice that we must make, (laughs) right? I set you up so lovely. Go ahead and emphasize for us, what is our choice as we look at this verse, my suffering is good for me because it taught me to pay attention or learn or covet your decrees, yes, your statutes, yes. your words, your law. What is our choice, Melina? So the remember is the key. I just feel like we've got to remember. And there's a there's a faithfulness in this process. Um, I remember a friend of mine had shared with me early in my walk with Jesus saying, you're gratitude towards your past to help you become who you are in Jesus is blowing me away. Like He's like, you're not a victim. You are actually choosing to let God make that good in your life. And I remember just thinking his word is what was doing that. I didn't know I was doing that, but the power of his word through my life and how good he had been in my in my life and how much his word highlighted his goodness through the process. So in that remembering that one I'm not suffering alone, that Jesus is walking with me that entire time and trusting that his word will sustain me through the process. I have to remember that. And it's good to have that tight community. I mean, you and I know this as best friends, you have to have someone who can remind you of what's true because it is easy. All those lies you shared, I, I've heard them plenty of times. And you have been someone so dear to my heart and is just consistent with, here's what's true. Let's remember what's true. So in terms of choice, just remembering what is true about his word in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a banner week because I have two quotes actually this week. And I wasn't going to share the <laughs> second one, but it ties in so perfectly with what you just shared. And this is actually Martin Luther. So it's interesting how all of what we would consider to be the great preachers, they all preached a lot on this topic of suffering and affliction as such a critical part of our sanctification process, Mm -hmm. which is essentially, it's a big fancy word for becoming more like Jesus and less like (laughs) ourselves, right? That's what it means to be sanctified. I'm less like Carrie and I'm more like Jesus. You're less like Melina and you're more like Jesus. So Martin Luther said, I have never known the meaning of God's word until I came into affliction. I have always found it one of my very best schoolmasters. So he's like basically saying, if you want a spiritual education on who God really is and how much he really loves you, his heart for you 
And his ability to do anything in and through your life, you've got to go through suffering. You've got to go through affliction. And this is exactly what we see also in Romans 8, specifically verses 15 through 17, when it's talking about our inheritance and being adopted into the family of God. It comes right out in verse 17 and it says, but if you want to enjoy the inheritance, you also have to suffer. It's part of the package deal. And we want so badly to focus on the bright side of what blessing means. And we have to really, under the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit, only as we're in his word, we have to learn to come to terms with the fact that suffering and affliction is also a sign of being blessed. Because it means that we are being called into the Father heart. And he's saying, I see you dear son, I see you, dear daughter, and I want to pull you up so close. And I know you won't come into the closeness that I have for you. If you can do it all yourself, if you can figure it all that all out, if you can fix it, if you can accomplish it all on your own and you don't have a need for me, you're never going to know the depth of me. Yeah. And so that is where suffering and affliction becomes such a great gift in our lives. But we do have to choose, you said it earlier, what is my perspective today? So dear listener with Melina, I would encourage you to say, okay, Lord, this area of suffering or what I would consider to be an affliction in my life, this challenge in my life, this problem that is not solvable by me, Mm-hmm. I'm choosing to submit it to you. That's my choice. I'm submitting it to you because I believe, like Luther, that this is a schoolmaster in my life. This is to teach me something. This is to grow me. This is to sanctify me, to make me more like Jesus. And so I surrender this to you. And I'm going to allow this hardship, this difficulty, this affliction, this suffering in my life to be a good thing because like the psalmist, I want to say thank you for my suffering because it teaches me to really pay attention, to really prioritize, to really be dependent on your word like nothing else, especially the easy times ever could. So that's a pretty clear choice set before us this week. And Melina, I'm going to ask you to pray Would you pray that we would take all of the difficult things in our lives and just hand them to Jesus tonight and say, God, take this suffering, take this affliction. I'm turning back to you. I'm not going to focus on it. I'm going to focus on you. And would you teach me what you want me to learn? Would you show me what you want me to see? Would you speak to me what you want me to hear? that this suffering and affliction would be exactly what you teach me. It's exactly what you want me to know, exactly what you want me to become through the power of your word. I submit it to you and I choose to say my affliction and my suffering is good. Would you pray for us? Yes. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for the power of your word. And I first want to start uh, as a reminder for all of us as we go into time with the Lord and with his word, that we would ask him to open our eyes, that we would be able to receive and hear and understand what he wants to give us. And in that posture, that we would come to the Lord and surrender, that we would surrender the painful things that are going on internally with our families, the external things that are out of our control. Lord, we just want to surrender them 
And Lord, I ask that we would have open hands and hearts like children to be able to receive what you want us to know and hear the things you want us to hear and speak the things uh, that you want us to give away. Lord, I just thank you for your word and the way it heals, the way it comforts, the way it soothes our hearts. So would you allow us this week, Lord, as we choose to remember your goodness and as we choose to surrender the things in our life that are our affliction, our our heartaches, those wounds, Lord, that feel like they're so painful that we can barely move or breathe sometimes. So, Lord, we just give those to you and we say yes to the power of your word and how it heals and takes over and reminds us of who you are in our life. We just surrender all those things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.